0: you guys doing this morning, NCC? You good? It's good to see each of you here. Thanks for braving the stormy weather. And i coming out this morning. And if you're our guests or if you're watching online this week, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Aaron and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And I just want to share one of the ways that we had a chance to do that this week is we have um, a partnering elementary school, Rutherford Elementary, and they just built a brand new building. And every single year at the start of the school year, we have the opportunity. We take Panera bagels and all kinds of desserts and go um, hang out with them. I have the opportunity to pray over all of the teachers and to kind of kick off their year. And then we just serve them. So we go into their classrooms, help them set up whatever they need for their classrooms, and so. This um, time, it was a little crazy because they were all getting into their new building. But in the middle of serving just all of the teachers, so thankful, the principal stopped me and she said, Aaron, please, um, please share with New Community Church just the impact that we're having in their school And she said, I just can't tell you how much it means the prayer support, your guys' encouragement, just something simple like this of bringing all of our teachers breakfast and helping them set up their their classroom. She's like, it means so much to us just knowing that there's a church that loves us and supports us. And so I just wanna express that to you guys, NCC. Thank you so much um, for your giving and how you guys do that. We had students out there serving with us and it was a great day. And it was just another way God's using our church to impact our community, and to make a difference um, right here where God has put us in Mesquite. And we're in our second week of this new series called Solus, and we're talking about these kind of fundamental doctrinal things in the Christian faith. And when you hear that word doctrine, sometimes you may think, Well, that's academic, that has to do with like professors or maybe dusty books is what comes to your mind, but we want to talk about how these things, these three kind of core fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith, how they're practical and how we live them out in our everyday life, how they affect us in our life. And so last week, we kicked this thing off by talking about sola scriptura, and that simply means scripture alone. That scripture alone is the guiding ultimate authority inside of our life. And so we want to open up God's word every day. And we want to allow his word to shape us, to form us, and to make us into the people that God wants us to be. And so today we're going to continue that. And we're talking about sola fide, which is faith alone faith alone in our lives. And so looking at how it is faith alone, it's our trust in what Christ has done that makes us right before God, that helps us to stand justified is what we're gonna look at today right before God. And so we wanna look at this idea of how faith plays out in our life, what that means, and even some of those obstacles that we may have as it comes to this idea of practicing faith inside of our life. You know, growing up, I was just thinking about this the other day. We didn't have everything that my kids have. And so when they wake up um, on Saturday morning, we did this yesterday, they go to Netflix or Hulu and they have like hundreds of cartoons. And for me growing up, it was Saturday morning cartoons. So it was just whatever was on the three major network channels, that's what you got stuck with. And I remember one day I was flipping through the channels and I came across this cartoon right here. I don't know if anyone remembers this. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and so it was this cartoon where Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Junkyard Dog, these um, professional wrestlers, if you can call them professional, um, they, were, they were fighting like the bad guys, and the bad guys were always trying to stop them, and you had um, Rowdy Roddy Piper and the Iron Cheek and a couple more of these bad guys that were always trying to stop the good guys, and I was just pulled in by this, and I thought, you know what, I want to start to watch real wrestling, and I didn't bring a picture of that because half the guys are you know, almost naked or whatever, and I didn't want to put that up. But, um, but, so I started watching that, but the problem was it only came on on Sunday nights, So I had to rush home from church because we had Sunday night church back then. And so I rushed home from church and I'd usually catch the last few um, matches or or different things. But it was amazing to see Hulk Hogan smash chairs over guys' heads. And I was like, yes, and that's so cool. I need to try that on my brother. And so I'm watching them, right? They're climbing up on the ropes. They're dropping with elbows and knees and, and they're doing all of these amazing things. And I thought, man, that's so cool. Just look at these guys. And so you can imagine how distraught I was a few months later when I went to school and I was talking with my friends and they said, Aaron, you know, all of that's fake, right? And I'm like, what? No way! And I start to argue with them, and, and so they're explaining to me, "No, it's all scripted. Like they know exactly what's going to happen." And I'm like, "Wait, you mean Hulk Hogan's not the world champion? Uh, you know, like it's not real?" And so I was devastated. And after that, I really didn't even want to watch wrestling anymore because I knew, hey, it's kind of just an act. It's it's kind of a performance. And, and so I was just thinking through that and thinking through, you know what? There's probably some point in each of our lives, maybe it wasn't with wrestling, where something kind of rocked your faith or something that you hoped for, something that you thought it was different than what you expected. And and that happens sometimes in our life. As we grow up, as we move through our teenage years and into adulthood, there are moments where our faith is tested in more serious ways than just something that you watch on television. And I know that there are people that maybe you're watching this online, or maybe you're even here in this room, and when we start to talk about faith, that's a difficult idea for you. And maybe you're thinking, Aaron, I don't have faith. Like faith is for super religious people, or those are the people that really are close to God. Those are the individuals that have faith in their life. Those are the people that can really practice faith. But I would argue this morning, all of us have faith. Every single one of us, we have faith inside of our life. You know, this summer, I'm reading through Michael Crichton's books. He's a fiction writer. He wrote Jurassic Park, if you're familiar with that. And right before I took off this summer on a trip, I read Airframe, which was not a good idea. It's why planes crash and what happens with plane crashes. And so that wasn't a good idea. And I'm sitting at DFW Airport. And I'm on the runway. And all of a sudden, faith became very real to me. Because I'm thinking, wait, I know how planes crash now. I know why that happens sometimes. And I, I have to have total faith that all of this is going to work like it's supposed to. That the right um, amount of all the aerodynamic stuff, the, the thrust and the drag, right, the lift and the way, all of this is going to go exactly like it's supposed to. I have to have faith in the pilot. Never saw the pilot on that trip. I mean, it could have been a pre-recorded voice up there and and I wouldn't have known it because I didn't see him, but I trust he's not suicidal, right? He wants to get me safely to where he's going. He wants to do great in his job. Like all of these things, I'm putting my faith in something I cannot see. We all do this every single day, whether you realize it or not. You have faith that the other drivers on the road, that they're not total idiots, right? And they're gonna drive safely and that they're gonna obey the rules of the road. You have faith in them. You may not think of it like that, but you have faith. Each one of you, you had faith when you came in this room this morning that that chair was going to hold you. I doubt anyone looked underneath the chair and pulled on the metal brackets and and then the legs and everything. You trusted that that was going to happen. You have faith in so many different ways in your life, and you probably never really think about it. So the question isn't, do I have faith? But it's, what am I going to put my faith in? What am I willing to put my trust in? What am I willing to put my hope in? That's what faith is. And so people that say, you know what? I don't know if I really have faith. You know, I would challenge that and say, no, you do have faith. The question is, what are you willing to put your hope and your trust in? Because we trust in a lot of things that we can't see all around us every single day. For others of us, we come maybe with this mindset of, well, I did have faith in God, but I was let down. So maybe you were younger, maybe you were at some point in your life, you were facing some crisis and you would say, Aaron, I prayed, I really asked God, I wanted God to show up but he didn't do what I wanted and so I don't know if I could trust him. And to that, I would simply say that our faith is not dependent on on God doing what we want him to do. So Christianity is not like a magic genie where you rub the Bible and God pops up and he grants you three wishes. That's not how this thing works. See, the idea of faith, it's trusting in God's goodness. It's trusting in God's sovereignty. It's having faith in God's work. So just because he didn't show up and do what I wanted him to do doesn't mean that I can't trust him because it's dependent on him and not on me, not on my desires or my wants. And so these are sometimes obstacles when it comes to faith. Maybe you have them. Maybe you're sharing your relationship with God with others and they're talking about these obstacles of I don't know if I really do have faith. Well, yes you do or I don't know if I can trust God because I prayed for something and it didn't happen. Well, you can because it's dependent upon God's goodness and that's what faith is. It's this assurance of something that you're hoping for. Something that you haven't physically seen. And so I would assume the majority of us, we've never seen God in a physical form as something before us, but we have seen God's work. And so there's this hope, there's this conviction inside of each of our lives that we can trust God. And that's what Hebrews chapter 11, that's what it talks about. It's this confidence, and that's what it means. And so I want us to look at Scripture this morning and look at this idea of solo fide, faith alone, and this idea that it's our faith and our trust in Christ that brings us into right relationship with God. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 16. And if you did not bring a Bible with you this morning, there's a blue Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 566. Of that Bible in front of you, take that out. I want to encourage you to do that and open up with us. Galatians chapter 2. And once you have that, go ahead and hold on to that for just a moment. And in case you've never read the book of Galatians, or you're not fully sure of what's taking place, let me explain this letter that this individual named Paul wrote to this church. Paul was traveling from city to city, and he was establishing the church, um, much like NCC right here this morning. And so he was sharing the gospel, sharing um, the love of Christ with other people, that we're broken individuals, and Christ came to save us. So people put their faith and their trust in God. And so they're walking in this relationship with God and Paul eventually, he leaves and he goes to the next city and this church is still meeting together. And then these other individuals come in, these Jewish Christians. And they start to talk to the believers in the city of Galatia. That's why this book's called Galatians. And so they start to talk to the believers and they're like, yes, you trusted in God. Yes, Jesus came. Yes, Jesus was the son of God. But, but if you really love God, and if you, really want to follow, if you really want to be righteous and you really want to stand in right relationship with God, there are all these other things that you have to do. There's this whole list of laws that were written in the Old Testament, the time before Christ, and you have to follow every single one of these. If you really want God's love in your life, you have to do all of these things or you're not really saved. And this is what they started to tell people in the church. And there were all of these crazy laws. There were ceremonial laws that you had to sacrifice animals and there was circumcision, And if you don't know what that is, don't Google it. Just um, ask your parents or ask someone else, okay? But there were all of these religious things that they felt like, we have to do these things to be in right relationship with God. And Paul hears about this. And he's like, wait, this is not okay. And so he writes them this letter. This is the letter that we're reading a part of this morning. And he's saying, wait a minute. He's saying, you didn't start off by working this thing out. You didn't start by just being trying to be good enough to, outcome the, to overcome the bad in your life. But he's saying, hey, you started by faith. It's faith alone. And this is where we pick up the conversation. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, this is what Paul's writing them about. And he says, yet we know that a person is not justified. That means they're not made right. They're not just before God by the works of the law, by doing all of these religious things but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So Paul's just very clear here and he's writing to them and he, um, he goes on to say this, hey, this is what we preached from the very beginning. This is what we talked to you about. No one is made right by doing some good works by following a list of rules, by even going into the scriptures and coming up with all of the laws in the Old Testament and trying to follow every single one of those, that will not make you right before God. That will not make God love you more. That will not make more of God's favor over your life. That is not how this works. And so he's talking to them. He's reminding them of that, that sin created a debt inside of our life. Every wrong decision, every time we disobeyed God, every time we tried to do things on our own, we violated God's plan for our life and we can't be good enough to make up for that. And that's what he's saying. You're not gonna be justified. You're not gonna be made right by God just by trying to work for it. You can't work hard enough to do that. And so that's what he's telling them in scripture. It's this hope that you have in your life. It's actually faith. God, I'm trusting you, Jesus, that what you did upon the cross that you were my substitution, you stood in my place and you died to bring me life and to give me this. And he's reminding the Galatians, that's how you started. You started this thing by faith because none of them, just like us in this room, the church that he's writing to, none of them had seen Jesus die on the cross. They're in a different time. This is a number of decades later. They're in a different location. So he's saying, you didn't see this. This wasn't eyesight, right? It wasn't science that you can verify this. You trusted our words and you put your faith in Christ. That's how you came to be in right relationship with God. So he's saying, that's how you stay in right relationship with God. It's faith alone. And church, we need to remember those words that Paul is saying. Faith alone, you can't work for it. You can't. So no matter what someone else tells you, maybe you grew up in a different church where they kind of preached that or where that idea came across that, hey, if you work hard enough for it, God loves you, and you've got to work for your salvation, and you have to do the right things, and that's how you're in right relationship with God. That is not the truth of Scripture. This doctrine says this faith alone. You can't work for it. I can't work for it. That's not how we come into right standing with God. And just stop for a moment and think about how all of this started in your life. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, there's no one in this room that came to a point where you said, okay, my life is perfect now. Everything's situated, everything's lined out. And so because my life is perfect, I'm going to start following after God. Not one of us in this room said, okay, I'm sinless now. And because I'm sinless, now I'm going to start serving God. No, almost all of us in this room, we realize, hey, there is sin in our life. We're broken. We're messed up people. There are issues in our life, and we can't fix ourselves. We need something outside of ourselves to come and justify us, to bring us back in right relationship. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to the church. You can't work for this. It's faith. It's this conviction inside of your life that what Jesus has done, that that is enough. And that's what Paul's reminding them of. Do you trust in Christ? Do you trust the work that he's done and not your ability to follow some law? And the dangerous thing that the church was falling into that we do many times is after we followed, followed Christ for long enough, we think Christ was just the Kickstarter. He was kind of that Kickstarter program. He got us going, but after he got us going, we're supposed to do this thing on our own. And that is not the truth of the gospel, Okay. Jesus doesn't come into your life and kind of give you a shove and give you a push and say, okay, I hope you can do it on your own now and try to figure this thing out. No, that's not what he does. It takes the same amount of faith today to walk with Christ as it did 20 some years ago when I first started this thing, when I recommitted my life to Christ. It's that same amount of faith. It's that same trust that it's the work of God. I am not, I'm not starting with grace and then all of a sudden jumping over to, okay, now I have to work to earn God's salvation. Church, if you've been serving God five weeks, five months, five years, 15 years, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving him, you are still dependent on that faith that it was Christ and his work on the cross that puts you back in right relationship with God. And the church started to forget this. They started to think, you know what? I have to work for this. And Paul is saying, no, it is faith alone. And in the next chapter, he writes that. He's like, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? He's saying that, did someone put a spell on you? Did you hang out with Harry Potter? What's going on here? Because something is wrong with your mind because you started with faith. You started with this idea that it was only the cross and it was only the love of Christ. And now you're going back and you're trying to work for this. You're trying to do things on your own. You're trying to be good enough now to earn right relationship with God. And he's saying, no, you can't work for it. It is faith alone. It's a total trust in the cross and in the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done. That's what faith is. You can't see it, and we like works, right? We like doing the right thing because we can check off this list. We can see what we've done, and that's what we want as believers so many times. Look, I can see what I did, and yet we can't see it when we're totally dependent on the cross of Christ. It's just trust, God. It's your work. It's what you did, God, and my hope and my trust is in what took place on the cross. We know this, right? It takes that faith in our relationship with God in our Christian walk to actually see God move inside of our life. And that's a difficult thing for us. And so I wanted to show you this this morning. I'm going to need someone to help me. And so Brian, do you mind coming up here on stage and helping me out real quick? Can we give Brian a hand this morning? Okay. So faith is this process of not being able to see So um, I'm going to start you over here. I'm going to back you up just a little bit. And if you'll tie that around your eyes really good so you can't see what we're doing. And Brian, I'm going to put some obstacles just up here on stage, and I'm going to guide you this morning. Is that pretty good? Can Can you not see where you're going? Okay, that's perfect. And I've got just one extra thing here, so let me get this right here. It's just an extra measure right there. Okay, so pretty good. You can't see that. Nothing. Okay, so I'm going to stand over here on the other side of the stage. You guys can all see what's happening here. Um, let me go like this. Okay. So Brian, I'm going to direct you, and you're just going to um, start to come towards me. Okay. So I want you to just take a couple of steps, go start and stop. And now you're going to step over to your left one or two steps. Left, left. Okay. Keep coming forward now. Yep. You're right up against that edge. Don't trip on that. Okay, so come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward, stop. Okay, take a couple steps to your right now. One more step. Okay, there you go, and you're in the clear. Okay, so keep coming forward, keep coming forward. I'm not, I'm your pastor, okay? I'm not gonna let you crash here, okay? And stop. And there's something on the ground, so you're gonna lift up your foot and you're gonna take a step. Just go ahead and do that. Lift up a foot, big step over, other foot, big step over. Okay, good. You didn't step on my foam hand. Keep on coming. Okay, great. So that was pretty easy, right? You just had to trust exactly what I was saying. We're going to face this way now. Okay, and then I just want you to put your arms up in front of you just like this. You could do that for me, please. And go ahead and just sit down. No, keep your arms in front of you, okay? This is the trust right here. Do I trust my pastor? Okay, awesome job. Can we give Brian a hand? Brian, thank you so much. Go ahead and stand up. Okay, you can take this off now. You can see, they were all soft obstacles, okay? So you didn't hurt yourself up here this morning. Okay, go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you so much. You guys, known Brian for a little bit, right? And so he's trusting... Hey, Pastor Aaron's up in front of this group of people. He's not going to let me get hurt, right? And so he's moving clearly off of the direction of my voice. And you can see this part over here was a lot harder when he actually had to sit down and know because there wasn't a chair there when he started. He couldn't see that, but we did bring out a chair, right? So that's faith and that's trust. You guys can all see that visually. And as I was thinking, that's what Christ is asking us to do in our, in our life, to put our faith in trust. Now, now, just think about this. Did it matter how many push-ups Brian did this week? Nope, didn't. Didn't matter how much he exercised. I mean, if I would have had a, him up here and he would have ran in place or done sit-ups, that would not have helped, right? He couldn't work for what we just did, for that little practice, right? He couldn't. It was just trusting my voice. Hey, I'm listening to what Aaron is saying. I'm trusting that he's not going to make me fall over something or hurt myself or just sit down on the ground in midair and hurt myself. It's that practice of faith. You couldn't work for it. He couldn't work for that. And that's what it's like every day in our relationship with God, is you can't see him, church, but he's speaking to you. And the question is, do I trust what God is wanting to do in my life? Do I trust that work in my life? Do I trust that ultimately my eternity and my destiny and everything that I have, I'm trusting that God is faithful and that God is good. And I can put my hope in him, even though I can't see him. And so I'm listening to his voice. I'm following his directions, even when I can't see that. And it's that simple act of, I can't work for that. You can't earn that church. It's listening and hearing what he's saying and trusting God. My hope is in you. And this is where Paul is wanting the church to get back to. He's saying, hey, it's not about following some list or some rules, right? It's about your hope and your faith being in God's church. If you could work for it, that's not God's Trust, that's not God's, That's not faith in God. That's more like a paycheck, like I've earned that. And I did something, God, so now you have to do what I want you to do. Or God, I get to control you because I've done this. And that's what Paul's getting the church away from is you can't work for it. You can't control God. This is faith and trust in him. And so, How does that practically work in our life? And I just want to give you just one example. Last week we talked about scripture and we know that faith comes from what we're talking about. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. But let me give you something else practically in your life that helps build our faith and our trust in God. And I think it's prayer. It's prayer, church. This idea that I'm talking to God. And I can't see him, but I'm trusting he's actually there and he hears me. And can I tell you how you can take that a step further? It's by praying out loud. And I've met believers all my life that have said, you know, Aaron, I don't ever pray out loud. I really can't do that. That's kind of embarrassing. And I think it's because it's a step of trust. It's a step of faith. See, because it's different when I'm thinking stuff in my head. And and I want to be clear. I think there are times where you could pray in your head and, and God hears us. I know that. He knows our thoughts. He knows what we're going to pray even before we pray it. There's something different even if I'm sitting alone in a room and I'm saying something out loud. It can feel foolish at first. But there's something that happens with my faith that's activated when I start to speak and where I'm talking to God out loud, I'm vocalizing that saying, God, here's what's going on in my life. God, here's what I'm facing. And there's some of us, we never take that simple act, that simple step of actually vocalizing our prayers to God. But I think that's important. I think it stretches our faith. It does something for us whenever we step out and we begin to speak to God and believe, God, you're right here with me. You're present in this moment right here with me. God, you're hearing what I'm saying. In those moments, like whenever I'm praying and I hear, I sense that God's spirit is saying something to me. I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I'll talk back to God and I'll say, God, I think you're challenging me to do this. God, you're calling me to trust you more in this area. You're calling me to step out in this area. I'm talking with God. I'm having a conversation. And just like I would sit down with you, and I wouldn't think, hey, any of you, I'm just going to think it and you're going to know what I'm saying. I vocalize to God what it is that I'm asking Him for. Why? Because I'm having a conversation. And, church, I want to challenge you if you've never done that, that's just a simple way to activate your faith. Is in those moments where you're talking to God, say it out loud vocalize it, speak out, God, we're talking here. And when you hear God speak to you, talk back with him, have a conversation with him. Another thing in prayer that activates our faith is not praying alone. It's not praying by ourselves. See, there's something that happens whenever I go up to someone else that's a Christian or that's a believer. And I start to say, I'm going through this and I want you to pray with me. God's word challenges us to do that. It challenges us to get together, to have others pray for us. It says the prayer offered in faith by a righteous individual that it avails much, that it's positive, that, that it's effective inside of our lives. And there's something that happens whenever I vocalize to someone else, hey, I have this need in my life hey, there's this financial situation I'm going through. Hey, there's this relationship that's broken and I want, I want you to pray with me that God would do that. Not only does it challenge me that God hears my prayer and that my faith is activated, but also that God will answer, that God will know what it is and that he'll bring an answer to that situation that I'm going through. And so prayer is a challenging way, if you've not done this, to activate your faith, to pray out loud Where you can hear yourself, okay? You don't have to yell. There's no specific words that you have to say, but just praying out loud, just like you would have a conversation with someone else, having a conversation with God and praying with other people. In a group of people, believing together, God, you're hearing us, and God, you're gonna move and you're gonna meet the needs inside of our life. That takes faith whenever we step out in that way. Can I give you one other challenging thought as it comes to faith? and what it means to have faith inside of our life, and that it's faith alone that brings us in right relationship with God. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 says this. If you still have your Bibles open, you can look at this. It's on page 566 there. Galatians 3 chapter 7, Paul's continuing this conversation, and then he goes on to say this, "'Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham.'" And what he means by that is, do you want to know those who are really in right relationship with God? It's not by following a list of rules. Those that God are calling his own. It's those that are of faith. The scripture foresees that God would justify the Gentiles. That's those of us that are not of Jewish descent by faith. We preach the gospel beforehand saying to Abraham, in you all nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, "Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them." Now it is evident that no one is justified by God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith." He's going on, and these Jewish people, they believe that that Abraham was kind of this role model. And Paul's writing them, reminding them, hey, Abraham wasn't even justified by just doing the right things by this list of rules. He was justified by faith. And through Abraham, God pronounced a blessing that was to come. And so Paul's reminding them this is faith alone and that faith leads to blessings inside of our life. That it's our faith and our trust in God that brings God's blessings over our life. And I want you to just stop and think about that sometimes. Of, of when you act in faith, I believe this, that God's blessing is always present over your life. Now, we need to understand what that blessing means, because that doesn't mean God gives us everything that we want. Sometimes we think that, or you may have even heard that taught, if you just have enough faith, God will give you what you want. That is not anywhere in the Bible, okay? That's not what the Bible teaches us. Sometimes the biggest blessings God gives us in answer to our prayer is simply this, no. No, that's God's blessing over my, I may not see it like that sometimes. You may not see it like that sometimes. You may think, no, this is really what I need, God, and him as a good, gracious, loving, heavenly father, he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, yes, I'm gonna answer that. The answer is no. No. Let me give you a picture of what that looked like. Okay, Growing up, once again, my family, we were pastors and we were missionaries. And so for a couple of years, we were traveling from churches like Raising Support because we were going to plant a church in, this, in a city in New Jersey where there were no churches at that time. So I can remember we lived in the state of Arkansas at this point. We're traveling every Sunday morning, got up super early, drove a couple of hours to a church, and then there were Saturday night services. So we'd drive, you know, all throughout the afternoon and get to a different church. And then on Wednesday nights, we'd be going to churches, always sharing about our heart to plant this church and what God was wanting to do in New Jersey. And so as a kid, we're traveling a lot, and I always wanted to eat out and I got in this habit, I created this little chant. We'd be driving somewhere, and I'd see a McDonald's, and I'd start saying, turn, daddy, turn, turn, daddy, turn. And my hope was I was going to convince or at least annoy my dad enough to pull into wherever I wanted him to pull in. And I loved um, frozen yogurt at that time. They had TCBY. And, um, and so I'd always, I'd see those, and I'd start chanting that, turn, daddy, turn, turn, daddy. And hardly ever did we ever pull into a fast food restaurant or there were only a few times that I actually got my frozen yogurt that I wanted, but I still loved my dad and I still trusted him. There was never a point where my dad didn't turn that I thought, I hate you and you hate me, right? I had faith and I trusted that my dad knew what was best even when he said no. Now it was disappointing sometimes because I really wanted some McDonald's fries. So it was disappointing at moments, but I really did trust. And I had this faith that, hey, my father loves me and he's taking care of me. And when he was saying no, even though I didn't realize it um, as an elementary or as a junior high kid, it was because my dad knew what was best. It was actually his blessing over my life. And I didn't always know it at the time, but he knew, hey, if Aaron eats too much McDonald's or eats too much yogurt, what's going to happen? He's going to get sick. That's not healthy for him, right? That's not the best thing. If we spend too much money as a family eating out, Our family's not gonna be blessed because we're not gonna be afford groceries or have a house over our head or be able to pay electricity bills. Sometimes we think whenever our heavenly father says no, that he's removed his blessing from our life. And that's not the case. It's because he loves us. And whenever you and I have faith, whenever we trust the work of Christ, whenever we trust the goodness of God, church, I believe this blessing will always follow us. God's blessing will be over your life and over my life. And that's what Paul's reminding us. You try to do this on your own and your life faces destruction. There's a curse over your life. I don't think that's God up in heaven saying, I'm condemning you and I'm cursing you. I think it's the natural order of things that God has set up that if we try to do things on our own, we end up destroying ourselves. We end up breaking our lives and there's brokenness and there's pain there because we've not trusted in God's plan and in God's goodness And in the work of Christ, we're trying to do it on our own. And Paul has this reminder this morning, it's faith. It's faith, church. You can't work for it. You can't. And I know this message is scary. Can I just address this as we're closing? I know that there may be some of you that have followed Christ for a long time and you're thinking, wait, can you say that, that it's really faith alone? What if people just go out and what if they start sinning? Well, that's not faith, is it? It's not trusting God's plan for my life if I'm trying to do it on my own. And I truly believe this. It is only by faith that I am in right relationship with God. Even as a pastor, I don't work for this, you guys. As a believer, if you're a believer that's followed Christ for many, many years, for decades, you don't work for this. And what you do today, the good works that you do will not make you in better or in right relationship with God. It takes the same amount of faith as it did the very first day that you surrendered your life to Christ. It's trusting Jesus what you did on the cross, God. That's what makes me stand in right relationship before you. Now, do we do good works? Yes, we do, because we know God loves us. We're going to talk about that more next week, the grace of God over our life and how that grace isn't just about salvation, but it's the work of God moving inside of us. But this morning, I want you to think about that. It's faith. It's trusting god in your finances and god's blessing over your life trusting god with your family and god's blessing over your life trusting god in your workplace that's faith in god's work god's blessing over your life as you trust in him